you run across this problem. You create a ton of content, but no one really sees it. It feels like you're wasting time and money because you never see the ROI. When I'm working with clients who say they've never seen the return on content marketing, I usually have one guess as to the reason. Poor distribution! Think of repurposing as part of your distribution strategy. By taking pillar or skyscraper content and slicing and dicing it into emails, videos, webinars, blog posts, ebooks, guides, social media posts, and the list goes on, you get so much more distribution power. In part three of my series with Aaron Balsa, we dive into repurposing as a distribution strategy. You won't want to miss these nuggets. I'm Sarah Noel Block, and this is The Tiny Marketing Show. Hello and welcome to Tiny Marketing. I'm Sarah Noel Block and I teach small marketing departments that are tired of feeling overwhelmed and under-resourced how to build and manage effective and efficient marketing strategies that work for them. Get ready, it's time to dig in and get a big impact with your tiny team. Okay, let's talk about repurposing content research. When you conduct a research project and you receive a report with extensive findings, how can you use the information that you got across multiple channels and multiple media types? A lot of times you will get maybe 40 or 50 interesting findings, and that makes a really long and cumbersome report. So maybe you choose the best 30 to include in your report, and then you release the others as mini research could be a blog post, could be a landing page, doesn't really matter. The format could be an ebook, doesn't have to all go in the report. You can just keep coming up with this original stuff that's new to the market over time. You can also repurpose the same report for different audiences. So when I worked at the Predictive Index, we had our audience of users. So those are the business leaders who would use our software. And we had an audience of consultants who were our prospective partners who would sign on to help our users be successful. So wouldn't you know, it's not that difficult to tweak a report for both of those audiences. So the one is like, here's what you need to know to be a successful leader at your company. Here is what you need to know to help leaders be successful right? So it's not that hard. Do some work and you can put it out to two different audiences. You can also slice and dice by job title, by industry. You can run some ABM campaigns. There's a lot of different ways that you can take the same data and the same report and get a lot of mileage out of it. And that's even before you chop it up into core content, like blog posts and and such. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about your course for a second. In it, you mentioned in a video that sometimes when you're doing a report, well, you go into creating the report with a story in mind, and that's how you build it out. But sometimes the data will end up showing you like two sets of two stories, maybe emerge. So you can create two different reports from the survey results that you had. You just, you're telling a different story in each of those. Yeah, I don't know that I would do two totally different stories in two different reports, but I would for sure go with the best story in the report and then use those secondary themes and not maybe a report, but for sure like an ebook or blogs or, mm-hmm. or something like that. And that does happen sometimes. You get the data back and it doesn't tell what you were hoping it was going to tell. 
And that is why it's so important to have a good research partner. If you're not someone who is good with data analysis, and I'm not, I don't do like pivot tables or anything like that. I know some content marketers who do learn how to do all that themselves. That's great. That's just not me. So I do always work with a data partner and I'll say like, hey, what happens if we look at folks who did this in this, you know, industry or companies that do A, B, and C, does that show us a a more interesting story? So it's really important to have a a trusted, competent data scientist to help you if you're not able to do that yourself. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because the data will show you different storylines based on how you look at it. I mean, at least for me, because I am also not a spreadsheet person. I'm not a pivot table person. I would need a data scientist to support that. Yep, for sure. So let's say that you've chopped up your research report into a whole bunch of different micro pieces of content. You have blog posts, you have ebooks, you might have mini reports. And what's the shelf life of all the content that you've created? So we talked about the survey being you've got about a year, maybe two for a good survey. What about the content that you've created? Would you stop distributing it after a certain point? Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily evergreen in the same sense as an article that says, what is an employee engagement? That's not going to change, you know, year over year. But Mm -hmm. if I'm saying that, you know, 25% of HR leaders say this about engagement, that might change based on different factors, right? So it's not evergreen. That said, it might be something that would be interesting to folks for a few years. I don't know that I'd be putting paid behind that report for more than a year or two because it's going to have a date on it. Most reports have, you know, the 2022 X report on it. So am I going to promote that in 2024? No. But if I have a blog post that doesn't have a date and it's still interesting, yeah, I'm going to definitely share that with my email list or I'm going to share it on social or I might share it in a community. But of course... I'm not going to just share it with the 2022 date if it's 2024. I'm going to do something to update the content. I'm going to have the last updated date so it seems relevant when I'm sharing it. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's a good point. Whenever you are updating old content, make sure that you update the date on there. So it's very clear that it's, it's, it's new information on here also. Exactly, exactly. What is your general distribution process for content research? Do you have a checklist that you go through? Yeah, so at the Predictive Index, we have our main template, which is the one that I have in my course. And it has sections for all the tasks you want to do within your PR, all the tasks you want to do within your sales enablement, all the tasks you want to do within your distribution. And there are different formats of distribution, of course. There's your organic, and then there's your paid. And there's also distribution through your influencers and your most aware uh, biggest fans, right? So you want to make sure that you're finding ways to empower your employees to distribute the report, to empower your partners, to empower your clients who are your evangelists. There's all these different things that you can do as part of distribution. It's not just typical, put it on social media, put it in the email. There's a lot of other creative things that you should be doing. Yes. And there was one thing that you taught me that I really liked was you would take influencers and you would send them the survey or the report and ask them for their input from that. 
So you could use that and you can share out that information while getting that distribution power of that influencer. Absolutely. And then you're also putting out a report that has some quantitative data and some qualitative data. And together, those can really help you understand an issue more completely. So I think there's, you know, different ways to get that qualitative data. You can do it very easily by identifying some subject matter experts, asking them to comment on the findings, and you put that right in the report. Or you could ask open-ended questions within your survey as well. That's really not going to help you in terms of the distribution piece because you don't have those people who are like, oh, right. I got featured in this report. Let me share it with my audience. But you at least you get that other piece of the data, which is nice. Yeah, I feel like that's a really good holistic way to look at it and to bring people in and to get extra attention to your report. Mm-hmm. What distribution channels are on your list that you would not want to miss? Depends who your audience is. Let's I mean, say it's C-suite. It depends what industry they're in. Everything depends, right? So I'm going to say for me, say I'm putting out a report on content marketing. I know that half the people I know that are content marketers are in the Superpath community. So I'm definitely going to distribute my report in the Superpath community. And I can share it, but a lot of people ignore that promotions channel because nobody really wants to get spammed. So maybe I'm going to pay to sponsor a channel that I know that my audience is active in. And that's worth it because I can spend two or $400 to sponsor a channel. And I mean, if one person buys my product, I've, you know, like eight, or 10 times my ROI on that ad spend. So just thinking about creative ways to distribute it doesn't always mean you need to do it for free. I'd say test these different channels and see what's the best mix for you. Yeah, that's a good point too, that you don't want to miss out on sponsoring opportunities. And maybe there is a really big influencer within your niche that it would make sense to pay them to participate in and sharing out that information. Yeah, there's lots of tricks of the trade that you can do. That's just one of them. There's a lot of them. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the show. And before we wrap up, I want to add your song to the Tiny Marketing Show playlist. So what is your favorite happy song? It's so hard to pick. I have so many favorite happy songs, but I'm going to go with Teach Me How to Dougie by Cali Swag District. All right. All right. I will add that to the playlist. (laughs) Definitely play it while you're cleaning up the kitchen after dinner. Definitely get some groove into washing the dishes. (laughs) Erin had some amazing insights for us. Customizing your distribution plan by audience, creating multiple reports from one survey by slicing and dicing that information into industry or titles, and then repurposing the reports into multiple media types. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow and review to help this show rank higher in your favorite podcast app. See you next time where we'll be talking about five easy peasy marketing plan examples that you can implement today. See you then. Hello, and thank you for joining Tiny Marketing. I help tiny marketing departments create consistent content that builds trust with their audience. Book done-for-you content marketing at sarahnoelblock.com. Don't forget to follow, rate, and review the podcast on your favorite podcast app. See you next time, friends.